This content is intended for adult cigar smokers age 21 and older. All right, Nick, good show. <laughs> okay. Uh, Greg's leaving to go take advantage of our brand new coupon code. Type in Long Ash all day Friday and Saturday, and you will receive 20% off your entire purchase. Some exclusions apply, but other than that, 20% off your entire purchase all day Friday and Saturday when you use the coupon code Long Ash. Nick, did you know I just got 20% off? Yes. Okay, everyone. <clears throat> it's been a while since we've been here. Greg, he's no longer with us. He's at home today. He's fine. Uh, but he had a big trip that he did throughout the, uh, throughout the world. He was doing the worldwide Greg tour. Um, didn't go really well. No, it didn't really sign a lot of autographs. Not a lot of people came out to his lectures. Um, so he'll be back with us uh, again next week. But I, I thought, you know, why not do like a little kind of mini, a mini-sode, a mini-episode. I'm going to bring this thing in a little closer. Um, just so you know, I am smoking today the Placencia Alma Fuerte. This is one of my favorite cigars of all time. Um, from the moment I smoked it, I mean, this is a cigar that really put Placencia on the map. I mean, here's the thing with Placencia. They are one of the most knowledgeable, talented blenders in the world. They're, the tobacco that they grow is some of the most flavorful, smoothest, their processes that they utilize. They have this great mix of old-timey traditional kind of processes for some stuff, but then utilizing modern technology to really bring everything into the 21st century. Um, they were well, <laughs> excuse me, they were well known within the industry for years. Um, but like deep in the industry, like you had to really work for like a JR cigar or for, you know, be very involved in a mom and pop shop or something like that, or be a manufacturer to know them because they were, you know, they were making a lot of blends for other people. They were kind of doing the behind the scenes thing. And well, I feel like this was their coming out party. They decided we're going to put something with our, I mean, they had a Placencia. I think it might've been a private label for us a couple of years ago. And I just remember it saying Placencia on the box. Um, don't really remember it, to be honest, uh, so obviously it wasn't that memorable. I think it was just kind of, they, they were focusing all their best tobaccos and everything and their talent and their time on creating these top, highly rated, top 25 cigar blends for other companies. Again, I'm not going to name who they were. But then in 2016, I believe, uh, they came out with the Ama Fuerte, and I remember smoking it, um, I think Nestor actually, Nestor Placenti actually came here for an interview, um, we were hanging out, and, and I got to smoke this with him. And from that minute, I knew this thing. This was a special, special thing. Um, because <laughs> it was unlike anything that I had tasted from them before. Now, I had known a lot of the cigars they were making before, and so I, you know, I kind of recognized their, the palate that they would exude. Like I kind of got, like, oh, this is probably a Placentia cigar. This threw me entirely off. This was a new genre. This was a new path for them. This is an extremely strong cigar, but it's also incredibly smooth and juicy and meaty and complex. Um, in, in terms of strength to luxury ratio, because there's some, you know, there's a cigar out there that you can just put. A, a shit ton of Lajero and Medio Tiempo all throughout it and or, or not really age it that long and just get something super strong, super high in nicotine. It's really going to knock you on your ass. There is a craft 
to making something that's very strong but not overbearing in terms of its flavor, not overbearing on your senses, and that still has that smooth quality that you look for in, like a, in a luxury or high-end or premium cigar. That is what you get with the Alma Fuerte. It's also something you would get, let's say, with the Jacob's Ladder. It's something you would get with the Davidoff Winston Churchill Late Hour. It's something you would get with any Opus X that's not the original Opus X, because the original Opus X sometimes revs a, a little too close to the red line there. It's a little strong right out of the box. But let's say it, any aged Opus X. Uh, the, these are the qualities you look for, and that's exactly what you get with the Placencia Amafuerte. Uh, now, to call this a Nicaraguan cigar would be understating it. This is the Nicaraguan cigar in that it uses tobacco just about from everywhere in Nicaragua. It uses a wrapper from Yalapa, uh, a generic Nicaraguan binder that I, I, I couldn't find. I'm not sure what it is. But then it uses filler tobaccos from the four major growing regions of Nicaragua. It's using tobaccos from Yalapa, Esteli, uh, Condega, and the Isle of Ometepe. Which is also a fun fact that Ometepe is the main ingredient of their newest Alma series, the Alma Fuego, which just came out this year. Two rave reviews. Now, I've been a fan of the entire Alma series, the Alma del Campo, the Alma Fuego. Alma Fuego's good, the new one. Uh, strong, has that fiery, volcanic taste to it, which I really like. Uh, but they really struck, I'm not going to say they struck gold, they struck platinum with this first one. Um, the only, if, if there is a con out there for the average cigar smoker when it comes to this particular cigar, is it is pricey. Is it worth the price? In my mind, 100%. And I would tell you if it wasn't. I would say, eh, <coughs> a few dollars lower, this would be perfect, et cetera, et cetera. This is very much worth the price. But it's a little tough, especially when they don't have... I'm not going to say the name pedigree in general because, like I said, they are highly respected throughout the industry by no one more so than me. I, 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 I am in reverence of the Placencias and, uh, and their abilities. But I think to the general public who didn't really know them, you know, they're not like a Fuente or you know, a, a Pepin Garcia or like a Pete Johnson where they had like a big name. I mean, if you see the transformation of their booth at the IPCPR, now PCA shows uh, over the past few years, um, Placencia used to not, you know, they were like decent size, you know, but like your average media guy might stop in, see what's going on. Now it's a hotbed of activity. Everyone's there. They had uh, this fire thing going last year, this year for the Fuego. There's coffee, there's dancing, there's, it's... It's a happening spot at the trade show, and that just shows their evolution and that they're becoming much better well-known to the general public, even more respected than they were, uh, which is all well-deserved, and it all started with the cigar. It's just the price for your average guy who maybe knows a few names, maybe he knows Fuente, maybe he knows Padron, and then he sees Placencia, and then you kind of explain who they are, but then the, the price tag on this could be a little intimidating. You know, it's not super high. It's not like like a Davidoff year of the rat or whatever at, at $35, but it's between like the 18, 17, 18, 20. Um, but like I said, uh, worth every penny, especially if you're a Nicaraguan smoker. Like I said, this is the essence of Nicaragua. Every puff delivers something unique, and that's that combination 
of tobaccos from those different regions coming into play. A little sweetness, a little spice, some wood and nutty notes. Uh, let me do a retro hail, see what we got going on there. Like a little almond, a little almond and wood on the retro. It just, it, and I want to say that in my experience, the thing that Placencia, the whole family and their factory is really, really known for, at least in my mind, they should be really known for, is their, the quality of their construction. I mean, there's, there's nothing really that's, everyone else is second place. Even the best of the best is second place, in my mind, when it comes to Placencia. I mean, burns are always solid. Ash is always nice and tight, nothing falling off, nothing flaking, uh, no bad draws, no unraveling, I mean, at least not when it's coming right from them. You know, you go to a mom-and-pop shop that screwed around with the box, then you don't know what you're going to get. Uh, but in terms of their construction, whew, right on point. And uh, it's, a, it's a strange thing. The, the modern cigar industry and how it's evolved um, and how it's brought it's made an avenue for a lot of these families or a lot of these people that were that have you know generations and generations and it's gonna it's getting them to the forefront a little bit i mean fuente has been well known since the 80s um so they've, they've already had that kind of going cubans have been well known but these guys who really know their stuff and have the heritage and the tradition and the talents the modern cigar industry gets gets to give them an avenue to uh to express themselves and and be known and get the recognition that they deserve and, uh, and that's wonderful. It's a wonderful thing. I want to see more of that. I want to see more guys kind of getting the recognition. That's, that's kind of what they said happened um, with E.P. Carrillo uh, last year um, with, with the top 25 rating. I think that cigar is great. Um, but it was kind of like, how do I put this? It was kind of like when Scorsese won for The Departed. I love The Departed. It's one of my favorite films. Incredibly well done. Is it my favorite Scorsese film? No. No. Is the Majestic from E.P. Carrillo my favorite E.P. Carrillo cigar? No. But it was, hey, you you've should have won this several other times. We're going to give it to you for this. Like Scorsese won for The Departed where he should have won for Casino and Raging Bull and Goodfellas and Cape Fear and Taxi Driver. Not Taxi, that was a television show. Where he should have won for those. Like, we're going to, Departed was up there. We're going to give it to you. Um, and that's, I, I was glad to see that because, um, talk about somebody who, who, who deserved it. I mean, E.P. Carrillo, it was, it was a game changer. Um, and he's in this kind of cool group that I, I put in my own mind of like these cool, I don't know. Like, like the, the cool, I want to call them the cool old guard. I know that's not a comment on their age, but these, like, the, the keepers of the secrets from, like, that last generation. So, like, the Nestor Placencia, Manuel Quesada, Ernesto Carrillo, these guys who did it right for so many years, you know, like, in, you know, pre-boom, during the boom, in the post-boom, but are still coming up with new and innovating cigars and blends and techniques today uh, and there's something to be said for that there's something to be said for changing your approach um, to adapt to a uh, a different modernizing clientele a lot of industries try to do that and fail um, usually what they do is they end up buying out 
customer bases. For example, like beer companies do that. Budweiser is well, one of the best-selling beers ever. They're not going to come out with, like, oh, this is a cool craft Budweiser beer. Like, it's not going to happen. What are they going to do? They're going to buy Goose Island. <laughs> and they're going to let it run, and that's what they're going to do. Um, General did that for a while. General did that with, uh, well, I mean, they're still doing it. But, um, but CAO has really taken on a life of its own the past couple of years, thanks to Ricky Rodriguez. A lot to be said for that guy. Because um, there was a period post-sale post of CAO where, I don't know, there was some talk. They weren't, they weren't, you know, the, Ricky really turned that franchise around and has come up with some amazing, amazing blends. I mean, uh, Greg, if you were here, would attest to the Zocalo being one of his favorite cigars. Um, the entire Amazon series crushes it. Uh, yeah, so, so Ricky was able to kind of turn that franchise, you know, I would say give it a little Houston Astros boost, but that's not kind of what the team you want to go with right now. But with help breathe new life. But that's that's that was an attempt, you know, by general. That's kind of what they did is they they bought into that demographic. Now, when you see that it's tough to do that, um, you start just adapting your own practices. So that's what general does now. Is instead of we're not gonna, just going to go buy Roma Craft and hope that people keep smoking it. We're going, and they also they did that with the Picadillo. They bought La Gloria and they bought El Rico Habano. Um, but now instead of trying to kind of make those cigars in that style and hope that clientele kind of carries over, they're just hiring new people, trying out new things, trying new blends, trying you know experimenting with with different tobaccos like like Ricky does. Ricky's a star, man. Ricky Rodriguez is an absolute stud over at a, over at General. And what he's been able to do and, and the really, really cool, like the research he, he had to do, for, especially for the Amazon series. I mean, come on, guys. That, that cigar came out of nowhere. Everyone thought it was going to be like a, oh, yeah, he went to the Amazon on a, on, a, on a, like a jungle safari and happened to find, like, yeah. And, he, and this is a process that was lost for years, and it, it created just such a unique, sweet, and flavorful tobacco. Uh, and that takes talent, especially when, you know, at the time, I want to say the CEO name wasn't carrying as much water as it, as it once did. Uh, he was able to turn CEO back to in the past. I mean, it's been a while now that he's been doing this. Past five, ten years, CEO has really come back around again. And I, and I, I want to say a great deal of that is due to Ricky. But I like seeing that. I like seeing people changing with the times but not just, you know what I mean, not just, um, like, blatantly changing. So, it's, you know, when, when a company just comes out with super limited whatever series and they just kind of put a sticker on it, but the cigar turned out to be garbage, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about actually adapting, utilizing the right people. Altidus is also doing a great job at this, I must say. Bringing in Rafael Nadal, using AJ Fernandez, using Placencia on a lot of their blends. Um, the Grupo de Maestros are still among the most prolific blenders in history, but there came a realization that the modern day cigar smoker is not a, what's the word, a, a one tuned pony or something? Yeah, one trick pony. One trick pony, tuned. He's playing, he's playing saxophone. <laughs> um, the modern day cigar smoker is one of variety. Um, do you think that's for everyone though? Because you see a lot of artists, like, or like, actors, comedians, like they do everything now. Is that just the world we live in? I I think versatility 
is becoming, I, I think, be, I think versatility is becoming very important in all kinds of different industries, all kinds of different occupations because of how saturated each field is now with employees or singers or talented musicians is, you know, you can't just be like a, like a Gary Cooper and you're just going to play this guy forever because people are going to, people are going to get tired of it. Cause yeah, my dad can watch Gary Cooper play the same role, you know, 25 times or watch Clint Eastwood play the same role 25 times or John Wayne play the same role 25. Nowadays, you don't want that, which is why you see guys making leaps to different... Look at John C. Riley was like a serious actor. He was, I think he was in Platoon. He was in uh, Chicago. He was in like very... He was in Gangs of New York. He was in Perfect... He was in very serious roles. Now he's made this amazing transition to doing comedy and getting so much more notoriety, so much more recognition for it. Um, that's kind of what you have to do now in, in anything. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people are doing that in reverse, like Bill Hader is doing that. Um, ben Stiller like directs a lot of serious stuff. So, yeah. like, but like you said, it's it's true. You have to be. I look at it as you have to be talented in multiple assets because if you're not, like, someone can come in and just be better easily than replaceable. You at it. You're yeah. easily replaceable. Um, it's excuse me while I have. Uh, I, I'm trying to clean my palate up a little bit because. I smoked something pretty nasty before and left a bad taste. I'm having these Kit Kats with the chocolate and a little bit of sugar to hopefully clean the palate off. Excuse me. Chris, talk. <laughs> He's eating one of my Kit Kats I got from Valentine's Day, but Jess pretty much said bring it in for everyone at work. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's what he's enjoying. Now they know what your fiance's name is. Oh, no. They're going to find her. They're going to find her. And then they're equally going to make fun of me. Where did she work? At the um, toilet store? Yeah, toilet store. <laughs> what was in, that from? In Toiletville. I don't, was I don't that know. from... Uh... Oh, that was from Anchorman. <laughs> hey, where'd you get your clothes? At the toilet store? <laughs> so uh, do, you, do you like... Um, like How often when you're smoking a cigar, you, you clean your palate with chocolate rather than a drink or water? Or I mean, something? usually it's a drink. Um, it, it, I, I prefer a drink. I just didn't have anything today. I mean, honestly, coffee is great. Um... Uh, anything with like lemon, lemon's like a good, you know, like a citrus is a, is a good cleanser. Um, there's a lot of different things that will help just clean your palate. Usually I go with, usually I like some, I like like a sweeter coffee or like a chocolate because I usually like a darker, richer cigar anyway. So it complements, uh, complements the cigar in a, in a very nice way. Um, but yeah, getting back to what we're talking about, versatility is important in so many aspects because we are as a society so saturated with everything i mean i was watching the barstool pizza reviews yesterday and he had on like a little kid who does shirley temple reviews and this kid is like super super famous that's a star now there's now a person who is super famous for doing shirley temple reviews we are so saturated with talent and content and beers and different food how many different food trucks are there i mean there's korean tacos now which if you said 15 years ago would be a, a joke and now they're amazing there's so much of everything now that you have to make yourself stand out you have to be versatile you can't just do i mean there's something that's going to work you know like peter luger's is not going to start doing quinoa salads you know but if you opened up a new steakhouse you better do something other than steak because 
they're just going to go to the, to, the, to the traditional guy. You got a steak, maybe some lamb, maybe a nice, a nice duck dish, something like that. But anything modern, you really have to change with the times. You really have to adapt. Yeah, I guess like for me, that's looking at the cigar world from the outside because you've been here for 10 years inside the cigar world. I've only been in it a year. And for things to be very different, and you don't have like the same name like twice or something like that. Like one company has, like two companies have the same name, kind of like that. It's just it's interesting to see. Yeah. It it really I can relate it to you know doing you know making movies and stuff and doing stuff like that because you always trying to come up with something different. Exactly. I mean, when it comes to cigars and the, and the same when it comes to movies is there's you know there's only certain genres you can do. It's not I don't I. I I mean, I don't know. You went, you studied film. I don't think anyone's going to come up with a new genre of film. Neither do I. I think that is is past its prime. Yeah. I think that was just. I think that was made, you know, seventies, eighties, nineties. Honestly, like I, I can't remember in the two thousand. Honestly, I think it's being, even because I, I think it's even further than that. I, th- I think it goes back to like literature, like, like yeah. what, did, what, what was derived from literature: mystery, horror, suspense, uh, yeah. suspense, romance, funny. I mean, these are just like basic kind True. of emotions that people have. And I think with cigars, it's the same thing. You, it's like you can't add to like the flavor wheel. You know, you can only come yeah. up with like the best spice to you, the best rich or the best sweet or the best smooth. But there's other things you can do to enhance those things. I mean, look at what Steve Saka did this year with the, with the brulee. I mean, that, that cigar blew everyone away. And he came out and said like this. That's like Scorsese saying, I'm making a movie. It is your typical boy meets girl movie. And it is that, but it's just really good. But it has his twist on it. Yeah, yeah. it's just re- or like John Wick. Like this is a typical revenge Keanu Reeves movie. That's that's all it is. There's no and that move. All those movies kick ass. See, I wonder if John Wick re reignited, um, like badass action films. Like not reinvented, but reignited. I think I think it. they've been in the. I think we're. I think there's ebbs and flows to to almost every genre. Um, there's a few, like, I, I feel like comedy, there's always at least one good comedy a year. Um, but action definitely ebbs and flows from, you know, your late seventies, early eighties, where you had like your best stuff, you know, your Schwarzeneggers, your Stallones. Then you had like your early, you know, kind of into the early nineties, some of your early in the cage stuff. Um, then, like, late 90s, early 2000s, things really started to kind of go down. I mean, I'm not a big Transformers guy or, or those movies. Um, I do love The Expendables as movies, although I will admit they are terrible. <laughs> but I do enjoy them. I yeah, enjoy they're f- Sylvester Stallone. They're fun for what they are, you know? Exactly. But, yeah, there was definitely... I, 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 I remember at one point in high school thinking, like, why are they still making action movies? <laughs> like, they never do well. They're never... Like, why can't someone, if they're going to make it, just make it a good movie? And they never do. Um, but I think you saw a big comeback with um, the new Mad Max. Yeah. I that came that out was, around the same time as the first John Wick, I right? want to say maybe like a year. So I, w- I want to say Mad Max came out like 2013, 2012, around there. Um, and then, I mean, the superhero genre also. Uh, you got to remember that that definitely has... You know, it, it has had its ups and downs. You know, you had the original two superhero uh, Superman movies, which were great, and then a bunch of garbage. And then you had, um, I feel like the 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 '90s, the late '90s, 
to early 2000s was not a good time for superhero movies. Anything between Batman Forever and then you had like Daredevil. I guess the Spider-Man movies were good. I will always say this, and this is where I'm in the minority. I was never a big fan of them. The Tobey Maguire ones, I don't. I think some of the first two were good as films. Yeah. I don't like Tobey Maguire. I don't think you're not he was... The, you're not the only person yeah, to say I that. I don't think he was good, I tell honest. people that I enjoy those movies, and they're like, well, every high schooler looks like they're 30, and Tobey wasn't good, and you know, people are claiming Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man, which he is. He's rightfully so, I think, I think so, too. He's been in as many Marvel movies as Tobey has. He's been Spider-Man three times already. Yeah. So, you know, it... it it just, but they learned from their mistakes where DC really hasn't yet. Because DC just keeps casting like you're a big name, we're just going to put you in this role instead of find like how many unknowns in 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 Marvel, how many people were made because of Marvel. I mean, Robert Downey I, Jr. I he was known, but like it was kind of his his Renaissance movie. Uh, Chris Evans was like Chris Evans, yeah, on, was- on 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 Death's Door because all the crap he had done, but they they took risks. When you when you hear like. Oh, Ben Affleck's gonna be Batman. You're like, okay, he's like a big actor. That should, work. but that's not a risk. You're just putting a big named actor and giving him a big role. Robert, I think Robert Pattinson is gonna be really good as Batman because I'm like, this seems weird. It should be awesome. Yeah. Now DC did try that by making Jesse Eisenberg Lex Luthor, and it blew up in their face because I'm sorry, Jesse Eisenberg, you were not good. But also, people I think should realize that Robert Pattinson is not, of like he hasn't done those type of Edward Cullen like he hasn't done Twilight type movies since then yeah like, he, he, he can actually he act and like the cast to this Batman movie like is full of like like good actors but right. not like big big names if that makes sense they're all big names in terms of like you know that they're all really good actors it has yeah. the guy from Westworld as Commissioner Gordon yeah yeah um, who Colin else Farrell's uh, Penguin Colin Farrell. Zoe yeah. Kravitz is Catwoman. It, and it, Andy Serkis is uh he's Alfred. Always, of course he's gonna be in it. Yeah. <laughs> he's always he's always in everything. Um yeah. but yeah, Marvel Marvel took I mean it was a huge risk in two thousand. I never thought about that. Like everyone in Marvel, like Scarlett Johansson was a no name. Like she re- was re- like, like she, she was like no She was younger. She was young and she was yeah. like, oh, she's in like eight legged freaks or like Yeah. She well uh, she she was know. in uh, well Iron Man two and wants to come out two thousand ten. Yeah. So yeah, that was like that was ten years ago. Yeah, she was definitely not nowhere near as well known as she is now. Yeah, but Chris Evans is a good one because the only thing I Chris ever Evans, saw him in was uh not another team movie. Chadwick Boatswain, I mean he got some rec- you know, got some cred from when he did the Jackie Robinson movie, but this really put him on the map. Yeah. Um who else? Uh, I mean Paul Bettany, but he's always just like a really good character like, actor. Like I, in, in all honesty, like Paul Rudd, like if you look at everyone, Paul Rudd, Sam Jackson, oh, well, uh, Sam Jackson, Mark Ruffalo, Sam, like Sam they're Jackson. all they were all bigger names before coming here. Chris Hemsworth, I never heard of before. Chris Thor. Hemsworth was 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 definitely he. I, I actually I, I'll say I I knew him because the movie he did right before Thor. Was he played Captain Kirk's father for yes. the first like ten minutes in the Star Trek him. movie? Yeah. So like that was like a nice kind of showing for him. But uh, <laughs> I forgot that was him until yeah. I watched Thor. I was like, yeah, wait, because he has like a he has like short hair, no beard, and like a dad yeah. bod. Like, yeah. He's not like fat, but he has like he's just kind of like there. Yeah, uh, and then <laughs> he's he just, not Thor. Yeah, and then he just got just jacked up for uh, for the Thor movies. But yeah, so there's. 
It's, it's interesting. It's just similarities between, it's just the modern day world with everything at our fingertips. It's just really important to stay on the edge of those trends. And it's, it's important to try to be a trendsetter. Uh, and I think, I think we're at a good time right now in the industry. I mean, listen, there's our issues. There's the PCA thing this year. There's always some bill coming out against us. Um, but I think we're at just the right amount of manufacturers because I think any more and it starts, you start just flood. I mean, then you're back into boom times when you're just flooding the market. There's not enough tobacco. There's already going to, there's already a shortage of broadleaf, but everyone that, that I like, everyone that I post about everyone that's in the top five, um, they're unique in their own way. They bring their own kind of stuff to the table, which is important. They all have, you know, they all have a very unique experience that they bring. Um, and no two things are the same, really. Uh, that's, that's for, more, like I said, more modern cigars. I can go find you five things that were made in 2005 that probably all taste the same from five different manufacturers. But today, even if it looks like it's the same, you know, buildup of, oh, Connecticut Broadleaf Wrapper and Nicaraguan Filler, you know, uh, the La Coalition and the La Carême uh, and the Tennessee Waltz are all from the same company, and they all use Connecticut Broadleaf Wrapper, and they all taste vastly different. Uh, if you look, so it, it's just a matter of keeping everyone on the edge of their feet. Now, how much longer is this sustainable? How much longer can these guys keep trying to create something new? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a, a, a expert in blending practices or tobacco cultivation or anything like that. So I'm going to leave that to men smarter, wiser, and more experienced than me. Um, I hope they can go on for a while. I hope that, and I hope they don't have to start doing anything cheesy. I mean. The beer industry has just gotten now. I'm a huge fan of like the whole beer explosion and breweries. Like you know, I I love all the breweries. I love Carton Brewing and Victory and Goose Island and um, Blue Point and all these guys. But when you start seeing like peanut butter ales and I saw one that was like sweet corn on the cob. Uh, when you start getting into that, when you start having to do so, something like way too obvious to stand out, then it's time to kind of re-examine. And I think that's when you usually fall back into like, all right, we got to go back to the beginning and more traditional, and then you kind of work your way back up again. It ebbs and flows like everything does in life. So, but it's very interesting. Um, wow, all this started for me just talking about this Placencia cigar. What do you know? That's how things work out. I have one more question for sure. you, and we'll try and keep it cigar-related. Do you think any, like, I think most people, if they are knowledgeable... They can make a movie, a short film, anything. Do you think the same, like, can go for the cigar industry? Like, could I just pop up one day and try and make a cigar? With, with knowing, like, I, like, with putting in time and effort, like, or do you think, like, a certain person, like, it's, like, a certain person that makes them great? Because, like, there's a bunch of filmmakers out there, but there's only one Tarantino, one Scorsese, one that. So, like, well, I think you answered your, your own thoughts? question there. I think anyone can make a cigar. I think it takes a certain person to make a special cigar. Um, does that come with just a natural talent? Maybe. Does it come with years of hard work and learning? Absolutely. Um, there's guys out there that probably just have a really good palate, but let's say they have no experience. They don't know tobacco names, but if you give them 100 blends, they'll pick the three best ones, and then those are going to sell like crazy. But they don't, like, yeah, some people don't have, like, a vision for, like, 
I guess, branding and marketing and stuff like that? Or yeah. Um, the problem, that I would say that was one issue with the, with the industry today is be, because of the amount of choices, if you have two cigars that are equally great, one that's a little more standout-ish in terms of its marketing and its presentation will probably rank higher. I, I, I said it several times. I think that was the issue this year with my father. And, uh, and with AJ, the AJ Dias de Gloria and the My Father La Promesa, two spectacular cigars, so, two, two, I think, the best of the year, and some of the finest of those guys have made. But especially for the My Father, it was the same, the same thing in terms of your presentation, your packaging. It was My Father band and then just another secondary band with a different color on it, which was the same you did for the La Gran Oferta. It was the same they did for the Judge. It was the same they did for this and that. It's... Bring something new, like 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 when you did the Florida Las Antillas. Is you totally different band, different story. It almost looked like it came from a different company. Number one cigar of the year. Um, the Dias de Gloria just had that uh, this traditional and the throwback to the time. I mean, AJ is one of, if not the most prolific blender today, and he is making some of the how many cigars that came on our top twenty five list were made by AJ. I mean, the H Upman one seventy fifth. The, the kudzu, he is just, without a doubt, one of the best to ever do it. Um, so in saying that, why are you making a cigar that's supposed to be like a, a, a throwback to the good old days? AJ, you're, you're making the days good now. Like, yeah. these are the good days now. I would much rather be smoking your cigars right now than be back in the 1950s smoking some Cuban, you know, Partagas or whatever. And now maybe everyone else who, who was around that time, maybe the cigars back then were so good and everything today sucks. Maybe that's what they're saying, or maybe that's, that's how it was. I don't know. But, AJ, you are making the industry better now. Like, the cigars you're making now, the cigars coming out now are way better. They just are. Um, then then it, maybe it was more of a reference to a simpler time, and okay, I can respect that. But... It just cost. I think. I think it cost him a little on points. That that cigar is really, really good. But so were a lot of things this year, and they just made a little extra step in trying to be a little more modern and forward thinking. Um, if you're gonna do something traditional, at least make it like a cool, mo- like kind of how like Caldwell does like a traditional, like historical stuff, but he does it in this cool kind of modern way. Now I know that's not really AJ's style, and that's fine. But. Yeah, it was just it just seemed like another one. I'm like, if I if I didn't know this was AJ and I kind of walked by this in the store, I, I'd probably do this that and walk by it. Um, so it is important. I mean, listen, number one priority is to get your blend down. Um, make sure you're using the right tobaccos. Make sure that what you're going for, that what your 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 goal is in terms of the blend, what you want the smoker to experience, is on point. And that's the most difficult part. That can take up to years for one blend. But then the next is don't waste this beautiful artwork that you've spent years and all your time and energy and money making. And it's like, oh, well, we'll just do it in a traditional box or a traditional thing. And then uh, make it stand out. Make it special because it should be special. Each one of these cigars should be special. The amount of time these guys make to, to produce these, these cigars, they should treat each one like it's the biggest goddamn thing that's happening. <laughs> And the guys who do that and make a big deal and make a nice packaging and a nice, on top of having a great blend, those are the ones you see succeed. And those are the ones you see, number one, of the, Steve Saka, every cigar Steve Saka releases is, 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 in his mind, the best cigar he's made. 
except for moisture, he, the, the, like the Lancero and moisture. But Steve says these are all, you know, the Sin Compromiso, I'm not compromising. He is, he blasts out every single blend that he makes. And that's exactly what you should be doing. There should not be just some kind of like, oh, we'll just do a traditional and have some old artwork on it and throw it in a box. That's not how it should go. So that's my spiel for today. I hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you very much for listening. Um, more to come. Uh, we're going to saw, maybe you guys saw on YouTube um, recently, we did some nice flash sales. We have a lot more of those coming with some really, really cool stuff. So keep your eye on that. More top fives, more podcasts when Greg comes back from his worldwide tour. And um, everyone send your, your best wishes to Chris. He, uh, he got in a fight this week and he got pretty banged up, but you should see the other five guys. He, he really knocked them around. Yeah, darkest so, uh, surprise. Yeah. Make, make, make sure everyone send Chris some soup or some, some flowers or something. Ice packs would work too. Yeah. So, so uh, thank you very much and enjoy your weekend.